Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. Blow up. Welcome, everybody, to the Monday, June 22nd edition of Locked on Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, NFL draft analyst at TheDraftNetwork.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. First order of business here on the show for us. Devontae Parker, Petty King, is in the building and we are very much here for it. And some exciting new research that's being conducted here exclusively at Locked On Dolphins regarding Ryan Fitzpatrick, Changaley's offense, pass protection, sack numbers and quarterback hits, and how it all pertains to Tua Tungavailoa, courtesy of a quarterback charting project entitled Contextualized Quarterbacking by Benjamin Solak, one of my co-workers at thedraftnetwork.com. But first things first, Petty King Devontae Parker taking shots over the weekend on social media. Very much here for it, so let's talk about it. Miami Dolphins wide receiver Devontae Parker enjoyed a breakout season in 2000. In his first season living up to the expectations that come, Parker put an exclamation point on his 2019 season by posterizing New England Patriots cornerback Stephon Gilmore on more than one occasion, and then over the weekend took a jab at Gilmore on social media, revisiting a post that Gilmore had shared from May of 2018 in which Gilmore intercepted a pass in front of Parker. Parker posted a picture of him posterizing Gilmore over the weekend with the same exact quote that Gilmore had shared on his original post from two years prior. The quote read, Ignore him and attack the football. Parker even went out of his way to post ignore him and attack the football in quotation marks in his own picture uh, of tagging Gilmore back for the post from two years ago. This level of pettiness is what you would expect to see from an alpha number one receiver. And throughout Parker's first four seasons at the NFL level, many of his struggles seem to stem from confidence and preparation as far as keeping his body healthy. You know, there were a lot of soft tissue injuries and, and a lingering hamstring issue and uh Seemed to get in the doghouse with Adam Gaze for his, his preparation and how he went about his process. And then he gets a coach in Brian Flores and Carl Doro, who was uh, the wide receivers coach, no longer with the team. And these guys seem to, together, be able to light the fire under Parker and get him focused. Many people, myself included, uh, were skeptical when the Dolphins announced that they would be retaining Parker for 2019 uh, because of his struggles through tw- from 2015 to 2018 to live up to that reputation of a top 20 pick. And, and the Dolphins and their loyalty to Parker and their faith in Parker was rewarded. And now all of a sudden you have a player who just posted career numbers 
is brimming with confidence, taking jabs at the NFL's Defensive Player of the Year on social media after posterizing the NFL's Defensive Player of the Year in 2019 to the tune of eight catches for over 130 yards in the season finale. This is not the DePonte Parker from 2016 and 2017 and 2018. It's... he looked like a completely different player. And for the light bulb to come on the way that it did, Dolphins fans should be very excited that the style of play of the quarterback seemed to have a lot to do with that because a quarterback who's willing to let a receiver go up and get a ball, go up and make a play while the ball is in the air, for that quarterback and that throw and the decision to throw a ball when you're tightly covered in man coverage to be thrown so the receiver says... He believes that I'm going to go make that play. So I need to go make that play. Instead of having overly conservative play where you're relying on a receiver to create and snap off a bunch of separation in order to get targeted to football. The style of play, the coaching involved, all of these variables seem to blend for the perfect cocktail for Devontae Parker to become this confident player that he had never been before and and as Dolphins fans that should be exciting because even when Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa threw into tight coverage at the college level he didn't throw into it often because his receivers didn't charge him with a lot of tight window throws because he was routinely getting separation from his receivers but when he did according to Charting Project from Benjamin Solak at the Draft Network, that compared tight window throws and a slew of other traits for quarterbacks in the 2020 NFL Draft, Tungvaloa's ball placement was tops in the entire class throwing into tight window areas. So that will continue to feed confidence in Devontae Parker, knowing that the next quarterback in line also has had success threading the ball in tight windows, even if he wasn't charged with doing it often. The Locked On Network stands against racism and social injustice, and that is why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, the Locked On Network is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash Black Lives Matter. If you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, you're well-versed on my stance on Bill Pars. I graduated from Penn State University with degree in exercise science, so I have had to kiss a lot of frogs as it pertains to protein bars to find one that I will firmly stand behind, and that bar is Bilt Bar kissing a lot of these frogs, you've had to deal with a lot of either three times the calories that you need to make it taste halfway decent, or chalky, brittle protein bars. Built Bar is neither. Eats like a candy bar. They've managed to fit manufacture a bar that has between 110 and 150 calories per bar. As much protein as your standard protein bar, but one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar. Very impressive stuff. They're delicious. And as a listener to the Locked On Network, you can save $10 off your first order by using promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com and find out for yourself what all the fuss is about. So whether you're looking for something that's going to replace a meal, 
something quick on the go or something after a workout to replenish some of the calories that you've just burned off, Built Bar has something for you. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON. Save yourself $10 off your first box. You may have heard me mention before the break here uh, something about contextualized quarterbacking. We'll come back to that, uh, but not before. I do want to talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick and his performance against pass rush, opposing pass rush, in Shane Gailey's offense because this this was a very interesting point that I found that I need to tip my cap to Draft Dudes co-host and Locked On Bills host Joe Marino, who experienced several years of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Shane Gailey together uh, for himself. And he was talking with, I believe he said either a friend of his, uh, somebody else who covers the Bills, or his brother, who's a big Bills fan, and uh, talking about the Dolphins specifically and what the expectation should be for that team. And the comment was made something about how a Dolphins offensive lines, specifically with their offensive tackles, either being so green or if things don't go well, not good, um, they could give up a lot of pass pressure. And Joe made the point to me. He said, well, listen, Fitzpatrick and Shane Gailey's offense just doesn't get sacked because they space the field. They make it very simple and easy to get the ball out of your hands quick. So I went and looked at the numbers. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has played five years under Chan Gailey to this point in his career. So one-third of his NFL career has been with Chan Gailey as his offensive coordinator. And in those years, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been sacked a grand total of 114 times. For context, that's an average of under 23 sacks per season. Ryan Fitzpatrick last year in Chad O'Shea's offense was sacked 40 times. So nearly half the sack rate of what he's experienced what he experienced last year in Miami, never mind the games that Rosen played and got sacked, I believe, an additional 13 times in three games. That's a huge discrepancy. And if we put the Dolphins offense through that scope and filter, and we pair it with some numbers that we're going to get into for Tua Tungavaloa. Maybe I found an avenue for me to soften my stance on whether Tua needs to play early or not. Okay, because here we go. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 15 years in the league, very rare for him to lead the NFL in any category. Led the NFL in interceptions once under Chan Gailey, ironically enough, through 23 interceptions. That's not the point of this topic, though. One of the other primary statistics he led the NFL in. 2015, he led the NFL In sack percentage, he was the NFL's least frequently sacked passer, getting sacked 19 times on 562 pass attempts. That's a good number. 3.3% of his dropbacks ended in sacks. NFL's best figure. Both years, 2015 and 2016, Ryan Fitzpatrick played in New York for the Jets. He was sacked 19 times each season. The best year of that was in 2015, uh, The offensive line as a whole, Geno Smith played in one game, had 42 dropbacks, uh, was sacked three times. Jets' offensive line that year gave up 22 total sacks. 22. Do you know how far back 
you have to go to find a Miami Dolphins offensive line that gave up 22 or less sacks in a single season. You guys want to take the ride? You want to walk through it? 58 sacks in 2019. Not a great start. 2018 under Adam Gase, 52 sacks. 2017 under Adam Gase, 33. We're still 10 over. 2016, 30 sacks. Getting closer. 2015, 45. 2014, 46. Got a clue for you. The Joe Philbin years weren't pretty. 58 in 2013. 2012, we're back to the old logo. 37. 2011, 52. 38 in 2010. The list goes on and on and on. You want to know how far back it is? You got to go back to 1997. When Dan Marino was sacked 20 times, Craig Arison sacked twice. 22 sacks that season. Dan Marino threw for 3,800 yards. Dolphins went 9-7. and seven. Remember, by the way, Dan Marino once had a stretch of nearly 1,000 pass attempts without being sacked. And yet every year of the Miami Dolphins in the 2010s, this team was getting sacked between 40 and 58, 60 times a season. So, offensive line, needless to say, it's been a sore spot. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, in five years, all throughout the 2010s, that same era in which the Dolphins are getting sacked 60 times a season, Ryan Fitzpatrick, on average, getting sacked less than 23 times a year. That's important to note. It's also supplemented by the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick was sacked 40 times last year while still having the NFL's third fastest average time from snap to release in 2.61 seconds. Only guys with a quicker trigger than Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, average over all of their attempts, were Andy Dalton and Drew Brees. Still sacked that many times, 40 times in that offense. So now, Chan Gailey, horizontal spacing. We're going to stretch the field. We're going to use every yard possible. So that way it's going to be extremely difficult for teams to line up an extra guy up in, the, in a gap and blitz us without me not having a clear avenue on where my out is. If you want to blitz me, go ahead, because I'm going to space you out and I'm going to throw the ball where your guy leaves from to attack me. That conceptually is how spread offenses work. They make it very easy to identify pressures because it's not one of those amoeba packages where you got eight guys walked up on the line of scrimmage and you're standing there like a dumbass with three tight ends on the field. Stretch them out. Make the defender have further to go to get home and give you more time to identify where the pressure is. How does that tie in to Tua Tungavailoa? I'm glad you asked. Because Ben Solak at the Draft Network and his project Contextualized Quarterbacking, which came out ahead of the 2020 NFL Draft, it charted pass attempts from each of the 
major top eight quarterback prospects in this year's draft class. And it gave full comprehensive breakdown on their own strengths and weaknesses, where they threw the ball, what depth, what read, so on and so forth, how they handled pressure, how their accuracy was under pressure. And then it gave you comparative data across all eight quarterbacks to see where each quarterback ranked amongst each other in each category. Very cool project over at thedraftnetwork.com. But you think about how Chang Gailey's offense has protected Ryan Fitzpatrick from taking excessive wear and tear, and it's in turn because he's played one-third of his career here, minimized so many of the hits that he's taken and allowed him to reach year 16 in his pro career. And to a tongue of Iloa and what his strengths and weaknesses were at college, you get a pretty exciting blend of answers. There are some concerns with two in the charting, but I think this is another good indication that the Dolphins have an understanding of who their players are, who they need to trigger their offense, and can move forward appropriately to put their players in the best position to have success. RockAuto.com is a family company that's been servicing customers online for approximately 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers that you could possibly need. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So what does Ben Solak's charting of Tua at Alabama in 2019 say about Tua the prospect? Now, obviously, the raw numbers for Tua are excellent. The man goes out and he throws almost 100 touchdown passes, threw 87 career touchdown passes in three seasons, only starting for two of them, quarterback rating of nearly 200. But raw production only gives you so much of the picture, right? Because if it all just came down to touchdown passes, how many touchdowns you threw per game, wouldn't we see have seen guys like Colt Brennan from Hawaii and Kellen Moore from Boise State and Graham Harrell from Texas Tech and Raheem Cato from Marshall? These guys all would have gone on to have pro success. They didn't. You need to see how it happens, not just if it happened at the college level when you're projecting to the pros. It's a big sticking point for a lot of casual football fans. Well, he's a stud. He killed it at college. Well, not necessarily. So how did Tua win at college? How does it fit the puzzle of what the Dolphins are trying to build? Ben charted 232 dropbacks from Tua's 2019 season for contextualized quarterbacking. Few data points of interest. 179 of those attempts were within the pocket. 161 of those attempts came outside the pocket. And on those plays, this is important for Dolphins fans to remember about Tua, his style of play, whether or not he's mobile, his completion percentage dropped by almost two-thirds when he was outside the pocket versus throwing inside the pocket. The good news is two-thirds of those pass attempts 
or three quarters of those pass attempts came inside the pocket. But when he was outside the pocket, quarterback accuracy, completion percentage, fell off by two-thirds, went from 74% to 25%. Don't move him outside the pocket. And you think about Tua, and you think about the injuries that he suffered at Alabama. Where did they all happen? Outside the pocket. The ankle sprain. Rolling to his left, trying to extend the play. Tennessee defender dives at his leg, rolls up on it, sprains his ankle. The dislocated hip. Two-minute drill. Mississippi State rolling to his left, outside the pocket. Keep this man inside the pocket for the best results. He can move and manipulate within the pocket. He's got lightning-fast feet. He can break that first-arriving pass rusher's angle, step up in the pocket, slide, reset, and throw the football. But the longer, and we said it's on the show before, the longer Tua holds the football, the worse the results get. And that is often for a fair amount of quarterbacks. But this is not a Sandlot quarterback that's going to make things happen. This is not Josh Allen running around like a chicken with his head cut off. If that's what you ask Tua to do, you're going to set him up for disaster. Again, spread the field. Make it very elementary. If they're bringing pressure, where's it coming from so I can replace the defender with the football? Another interesting tidbit and note here. I mentioned this earlier in the show. Tua threw into tight windows less often than any other quarterback in the 2020 NFL Draft amongst the major eight quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts, Anthony Gordon, Jacob Eason. Less frequently than any of those guys. But when he did, his ball placement was better than any of them. That's good to know because obviously once you're playing with four first-round wide receivers at Alabama versus dudes that are probably going to be in selling insurance in a lot of cases, you're going to have a lot easier go finding open receivers. The other big takeaway from Tua and his charting here was how he handled pressure. He was pressured of the 232 dropbacks that Ben charted on approximately one out of every five attempts. Seems like a low number. It was a fairly low number relative to the scope of what was charted. But when Tua dealt with pressure within the pocket, his ball placement was again near the top of the charts relative to all eight quarterbacks. So you have a quarterback who thrives within the pocket. You have a quarterback who is accurate in tight windows and under pressure, despite the fact of not facing those instances at a very high rate relative to his peers in the 2020 NFL Draft. Think about this Dolphins offense. Horizontal spacing. They're going to stretch defenses out. They're going to make it very easy to identify your one critical defender. If you get pressure, understanding where that pressure is coming from before the snap so you can replace 
pressure with the football. Tua has that composure factor down. He's calm under pressure. If anything, he's too guilty of trying to make too many plays happen by extending plays. So if you get the coaching point down, that you got to be able to punt some plays. You're not going to hit on everything. Don't hold the ball. And if you can get him to adopt that same mentality and play within the same structure that Ryan Fitzpatrick has played in under Chan Gailey, in which he's getting sacked less than 20 times when he's playing for Chan Gailey, the most he was ever sacked was 30, which is approximately half of what Dolphins fans have seen Ryan Tannehill get slammed with over the course of the Joe Philbin years. It was over 50, I think, three straight years, including 58, 2013. It's, you're setting your quarterback up for success, A, because the ways that Tua had success and the charting, what it indicates about Tua as a player, very much complements systemically what the Dolphins are going to try and do. And we already knew that, right? Because Alabama offense, Miami trying to replicate a lot of those components, put him in the same conditions that he had success in at the college level. But to get some numerical backing behind that is a big boost, should be a big confidence boost for us. And seeing the numbers of Ryan Fitzpatrick and how many times he was sacked under Changeli in the past gives us optimism that if Tua comes in and the light bulb clicks and he gets this system, which if he's as good as advertised, there's a very strong chance he does. We should not expect, despite the fact that we're really green at offensive tackle, we should not expect Tua to be sitting back there and getting hammered because the system builds outs to avoid getting hit as a quarterback. And if that's the case, then let's take the gloves off. But we need to make sure he gets this system down first. But this is the first bit of eye-opening data that I've looked at that's made me really second-guess and say, well, you know, maybe Tua can step in earlier than sooner rather than later. Because it's a perfect case study. we got five years of Fitzpatrick under Chan Gailey. Average of less than 23 sacks a season. If we can get that, I'll feel a lot better and sleep a lot better at night knowing that the Dolphins have a chance to put Tua out there early. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Locked On Dolphins. We'll be back tomorrow with Power to the Pod, so make sure you bring your questions, either iTunes reviews, five stars please, or on Twitter at LockedOnFins with the hashtag Power to the Pod. I'll put the feeler out this afternoon. Guys, keep an eye out for it. Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks as always, and I hope you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins.